In this episode of Full Nerd, Intel and NVIDIA are in charge of laptops. Welcome to episode 247 of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gord Mong, with Eleni Yi, who will be on the screen hopefully later on. Hey, there's no value. I'm just going to say that because I'm sure that's what she would say to anything. And <laughs> Willis Lai is controlling the vertical and horizontal. Hello, hello, everyone. I am in charge of the <laughs> of the producer chair today in my coop. <laughs> uh, Adam's, uh, uh, yeah, just uh, MIA today, so... We're, 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 we're taking over the show. <laughs> yeah. And, and I do have permission from Adam to uh, share his status and I'm pretend I'm pretend this is the post, uh, post game, uh, podium where I'm, I'm coach, any coach of any basketball, uh, team speaking to the camera. Uh, well, it turns out Adam, uh, has a knee problem. He's actually getting, uh, some surgery for today. Uh, he'll be out uh, for a few games, but the good news is we think we'll have him back for the playoffs. We, you oh, know, yeah. We'll have to play it day by day. It'll be up to medical staff, but um, we'll, we're, we're certain we'll have him back for the playoffs, and uh, we're going to make a run. We're going to make a run. Totally, totally. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, today though today what 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 exciting stuff today gordon what 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 do we have we're going to be talking about uh the launch day of course for reviews for intel's new 13 gen cpus uh obviously basically um what we're seeing today is the high end for the 13th gen hx as well as nvidia's uh, highly anticipated geforce rtx 40 series gpus there's actually a video you can look at on PC World's YouTube, on both the CPU and GPU, we actually decided to break into two different videos to make it easier for you to follow the path you want. You obviously cannot divorce those two parts from each other, so they, they play into it. You also cannot buy, like, hey, a 40 series with an older um, CPU, I doubt. That's just simply the way it works. There's also a story on PC World that Elaine actually read after sort of ingesting all of the, the uh, benchmarks. Uh, I encourage you to also read that as well. We're actually going to go over some of the numbers here, but I don't want to just drop the bomb of, of uh, benchmark charts on you. We got that on, on video. You can review the tape. We got Ripley's tape on, on, uh, on disc. You can review that <laughs> yourself, but I am going to, I'm going to throw out a couple things here. Where should we start? Well, I think we're going to start off with Cinebench, right? Yeah. Let's see. We do single threaded. We'll kick it off with single threaded. So the one T sing, uh, Cinebench. All right. Sure. One second here. So, right. for people who don't know, these are the results of this uh, MSI. I'm gonna say it right. Uh, Titan GT77. The, the full name is HX13V. It's basically a um, it's a big, bold 7.5 pound laptop that is a desktop replacement class. I compared this to the previous Titan GT77 using the older 12th gen Core i9 12. 900 HX and a GeForce RTX 3080 lap 3080 Ti. God, can't forget that Ti 3080 Ti laptop GPU versus this one, which has, of course, the Core i9 13980 HX with an RTX 4090 laptop GPU. Uh, the good thing about doing this is they both had 32 gigs of RAM. They're also 
basically the same chassis. So the internals could be a little different. I know the cooling on this laptop is a little bit different than the previous one, but you're actually getting like for like laptop. They were also both running Windows 11, uh, 22 H, H222, whatever it is. I can't remember. So basically like for like similar platforms. It gets really weird. Like if I were try to compare this to say a razor blade 16, which is much smaller, much lighter you're definitely going to give up some cooling performance versus this. So you're actually seeing a uh, like for like performance and let's on Cinebench. There's actually, of course we have results for a uh, blender V ray, all that other good stuff that you want to see. But Cinebench is, is actually very useful. It is not of course the only benchmark to look at, but it is a useful tool because everybody can run it. Everybody's familiar with it. I think most people are kind of understand how it scales really well. Uh, with cores, I know if you had Ian from Tech Tech Potato, it's like, ah, oh, this is like, it's not really doing a lot uh, that's really pushing things. But it is a, f- a benchmark that you can be familiar with. I think you'd say it's one criticism is it's very cash heavy. But uh, the performance in single threaded, uh, again, which 12th gen HX was <laughs> very nice. at. And by the way, if you haven't kept up on current events, 12th gen HX was basically taking the 12th gen desktop part, putting it into a BJ package, soldering it to a motherboard, you know, futzing with it to basically make a desktop uh, Alder Lake CPU run in a desktop. You know, basically Intel says, we're just going to go for it. We don't care about all that battery stuff. We're just going to go for all our performance. It's actually, when it came out, extremely impressive. Very big performance jumps, and we can see 1875 for the older Core i9 12th Gen versus 2137. It's basically 14% faster in uh, single-threaded performance in Cinebench. That's a, the default 10-minute run. I'd say that's a pretty you know decent increase, when you, especially when you're looking at single-threaded, because the only way you're really getting it is to change the microarchitecture, or in this case, give more power, run the clocks up, and they are running the clocks up on the Core i9 uh, 13980HX to give it a 14% increase in performance over the uh, previous 12th gen, top top end 12th gen part. So pretty damn good. But, you know, again, 14th gen, I think some people, Adam was saying, oh, that doesn't sound that impressive. I'm like, I'm actually, that is pretty good. Um, of course, where you get the performance, where you get your like, oh, I'm impressed, I would, I would think is the performance of the next chart, uh, Willis. We go to Cinebench uh, R23. Right. Um, Which is, yeah, so we're going to be looking at uh, uh, Cinebench R23 NT, basically multi-core performance. Let me know when it's up. Yep, yep, yep. It's up. And this is the thing you kind of want to see, like, oh, this is, like, oh, exciting, right? Because you're looking at a 40% Increase in performance going from the uh, 16-core Core i9-12900HX versus the uh, 24-core Core i9-13980HX. So <laughs> it's actually kind of, I I would say generally we kind of saw that same thing when we saw Alder Lake to uh, Raptor Lake desktop. 40% is nothing to, sque- uh, to sneeze at, especially like you, you just like, did I say what the hell is <laughs> nothing to do. You just can't like just <laughs> just don't dismiss it because 40% improvement in, in multi-core performance so significant yeah. is extremely significant, right? Yeah. That is, you know, Raptor Lake is for the most part, you know, very similar to Alder Lake, 
So not a huge change, but Intel basically saying we're going to give you your eight performance cores, but instead of giving you eight uh, efficiency cores that Alder Lake HX has, we're going to give you 16 efficiency cores. You're getting up to 24 cores. And in a laptop, to get a 40% improvement in multi-core is <laughs> is very nice, I would say. I, I don't see how anybody could say, oh, it's not a big deal. That is like, that is smoking. In fact, that is actually... A higher Cinebench R23 score than uh, the thread, the original 32 core Threadripper, the 2990WX, which of course when it came out it was like, oh my god, right? That was like, holy smokes! So you're actually getting a higher 3D rendering benchmark score in Cinebench. Obviously, there are limitations to using Cinebench as well, but that is a desktop desktop workstation class cpu that this laptop can outperform so you know you gotta you gotta you gotta give it its its props for that um and the next the next chart though i just kind of want to look at is uh is uh my thread scaling th- stuff all right right on yeah. i like to do that because i think it's kind of fun oh and we got elena one second oh elena's knocking elena's, not- elena's coming in willis is gonna let her in but i are we, uh, are you able to get that? Oh, it's showing me on the screen now. This is weird. Is it? Okay. When we get to the point where it's showing you now, Willis. Sorry, we're having. Oh hey, we got we got Doctor Ian Cutters and Tech Tech Potato in the chat. Evening, right. Ian. I was just explaining to the audience you would your your criticisms of of Cinebench R twenty three, but um, we're looking at basically the performance of the thirteen nine eighty HX versus the twelve nine hundred HX as you go from one thread all the way up to thirty two threads. You know, obviously the big gains are on the right side of that chart because you just simply have more cores, even though they are efficiency cores than the previous 12th gen. But again, you're still getting, you know, 14%, 13%, 10%, 12%, 15%, 17%. Those are actually very decent improvements in performance on that low end of the very lightly threaded tasks. Yeah. According to this, this is basically where I take Cinebench. I don't do the full 10-minute run because it would take me days to do it. Uh, this is just simply a single run of Cinebench, kind of similar to how Cinebench R20 used to do it. Uh, it will, of course, the scores would be a little higher than what you would see in a 10-minute run because you're not you're not going to throttle down a little bit. But right. it's just very nice to get that performance uh, bump across across it. Yeah. Uh, Ian saying automate it. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I should automate it, but it then it takes time to even figure out. I was like, you know what? I've I've given up. I'm actually going to run. I'm actually going to go ahead and script out some stuff in an in another benchmark that I do. I read through the 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 documentation. I started to do this. I writing out all the command lines like then I ran it and then somehow doing that broke the benchmark. I could no longer run it. So like not even running it period. So it ended up screwing me. I did, I did the rest by hand because there's just, it's one of those things where there's never enough time, but you know, I, I really like this thread scaling one because it just kind of shows you the strength of the CPUs generations. Cause you're only at 12th gen HX versus 13th gen HX. You are getting a very, very decent uh, improvement in performance across the board. I think. Nice. Okay. 
Moving on to historical things, though. So, I mean, obviously, we're only looking at, again, we have a full video with all the other things. There are some things where I was a little disappointed. A lot of the, I would say a lot of the Pooshie Pinch stuff, um, I didn't see the bumps I kind of expected. We'll see. I'm kind of wondering, like, did I screw something up? Because I will tell you, as somebody who doesn't automate, when it's 2 o'clock in the morning, maybe something is wrong. But, you know, these are multiple runs, so I don't think there's something wrong. But I'm going to have to go back in time and or go back, rerun those things and take another look at them. But I was kind of I was kind of expecting a little more of a bump. I actually did see it from, you know, the 40 series over the 30 series. But honestly, from the CPU side, it it didn't look like it. It made the, the improvement that I kind of expected. So we'll see. We will see. But I kind of think. To close out the CPU section, we're going to talk about the historical stuff, right? So can we do the, why don't we do the historical one? Uh, the single, single thread. We'll start off with single thread again. Single thread again. Okay. Also, hi everybody. Hey, Elena. Oh, and Elena's Sorry, here. Late. Yay. Join you the got party. something in, what's the chip behind you? The board. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so Elaine is here for audio listeners and behind her she has some kind of a, a, a circuit board from something I don't know what it is some kind of yeah I, I uh, wanted to not make everyone hungry this week oh I, I see it was appropriate we didn't to eat have either. something more tech actual tech themed as my zoom background right now so uh, so this I do want to show this historical increase this is kind of fun um it this, is. I like these two shirts. A this lot. is again Cinebench R23, and I'm not showing another Cinebench result because I only run Cinebench. Please go look at the other videos for the many, many other tests I ran. But, but again, it's something that everybody's familiar with, so it, it does at least give you a point of reference to help you understand where we are. I kind of went back, like God, you know what? I want to see what R23 performance is on the top end. CPUs from Intel from 7th gen all the way up to 13th gen. So I went back and I grabbed the scores that I had generated and then I had to go out and look for uh, results from, you know, various other outlets like Notebook Check, a couple others that just actually had reported scores for R23 for those older CPUs. A lot of people don't run R23 uh, on those older ones because, you know, typically you have an old test unit, you run the tests, it goes back to the vendor, you can't run it anymore. So the benchmark literally didn't exist. So you, you don't have a score, but luckily some of these uh, other outlets had published scores. I'm going to rely on generally doesn't, doesn't change. And also I, I would think most of these other laptops are going to be pretty big because you don't put a top end laptop CPU into, you know, like a, a four pound laptop. So you're looking at the performance from seventh gen all the way up to 13 gen Cinebench R23 single threaded. And again, single threaded is, is, is very difficult to, to um to uh, get more performance out of it. i mean the vendors have said so themselves and looking at it from gen to gen um you actually got you know basically actually going from seventh to eighth um maybe about uh what 20 percent actually pretty decent and they're generally you know 10 percent. we actually saw a very big jump going from let me make sure i didn't screw up my excel chart here d7 Oh, wait, maybe I do have it backwards. Do you? I may have it backwards here. That's the problem of too many Excel charts to juggle. No, not not in the, the, what we're showing, but I was, I was going to like do a quick calculation Excel. I did it I earlier. I, I screwed that up. But but you see a nice progression in performance. But, you know, I mean, you, look, you're looking at double the single-threaded performance going from seventh generation 
up to 13th gen. So that's, it's, we just, yeah. every, every new generation, not necessarily a new process, not necessarily new MA. They just simply, but they're still able to eke out a little bit more. And you can see sort of like those leaner years, seventh, eighth, tenth, seven, eight, ninth. It was like, uh, eh, you know, they're all Skylic MA. It really didn't, didn't really get that much. You know, I we started. Those, hmm? Sorry. I was going to insert though real quick that those are also the years that we weren't seeing as much competition from the other side. Yeah. No, I would, I would agree that, well, all the KBs when rising came out, but the AMD did not play in laptops back then. It would take a few no. more years for them yeah, to do that. Yeah, it took a little that. bit longer. But you know, um, this is single-threaded performance, though. So single-threaded performance is very, very hard to, to eke out more. But let's let's do the next one. Okay. Next one is fun. The next one is kind of like, I think... Um, the multi-threaded? Yeah, we're going to do multi-threaded yeah. historical. Alrighty. Yep, got it. So on this chart, you're you're seeing like where you really get the how far we've really come looking at the original seventh gen, which was a, you know, a core i seven seventy eight twenty HK. I remember looking at laptops with that. It was like, back then it was like, okay, this is the best you could get in a laptop. <laughs> 4,011 was a recorded score from someone an, another outlet on, on that chip. We are now pushing 30,000 in 13 gen. And look at that. You went from 4,000 to 7,000, to 8,700 to 11,600 to almost 14,000 with 11 gen. And that was, and then of course, 12th gen is where we like, we saw that big boost because that's when Intel introduced its, its hybrid design with, you know, P cores and E cores. And then we go from 13,800 roughly from the 11,980HK. Those are my own scores, by the way, to the, to 21,627 for 12th gen. And now we're up at 30,000. So. Like almost uh what eightfold? I'm not sure if I'm using the word right. It's eight times almost the amount of uh the seventh gen score right there. So yeah, and, and you know I do think you bring up a really good point, Elena. That that competition. Remember when people? I remember that when everybody rightly beat up Intel because it felt like we hit that wall at, at four cores, right? We had quad core after quad core after quad core. I didn't go back to, yeah. I couldn't find six gen or, yeah, qu- or fifth, but they were, right? was like a luxury, right? Like on thin and lights, we were stuck on dual core and yeah. I was like, yay. And then on, you know, here we're looking at what, as you said, quad core. And then we were like, okay, now we've got more, now we got more cores. Now we got more threads, still steady progression. Um, I actually put this in, my, you know, write up for the website of your data, where it's like even just two gens ago, we were still saying to people, hey, like, you know, if you want to save some money, you can still consider previous gen. You're not going to, you're not going to get the same amount of performance as this gen, but the delta isn't so large that it's not worth the cost savings. And now you look at this, you're just like, man, I don't, I don't know if I'd want to go last gen given how much more performance I get with 13 over 12 or back even last gen 12 over 11, right? Like it's just the, it just went, like yeah. nitro fueled. Yeah, no, I mean, that's just crazy to see. It's, t- it's taken off like a rocket because, you know, there is competition now. Intel, exactly. they got everybody, yeah. they're looking over their shoulder at Apple. They're looking over their shoulder at AMD. So, yep. and you you can't, you know, I, I think that a lot of the criticism was valid when they were just kind of like stuck. And I do think it's a little unfair because Intel did try pushing more cores with AGTC back then. And most people never bought it. You could argue AMD would say like this because you couldn't sell it the price we could. But 
Either way, they did at least try to, to push multi-core. They had six cores and eight cores in, in higher-end desktop that nobody bought. I would say the situation on laptop wasn't – they weren't so slow to react on laptop. If you actually looked at desktop, they were – it feels like they were very much slower. But laptop, they – you could see clearly were like, you know, seventh gen on – we're going to, we're going to get on the gas. So I think, um, I think you have to give it the reason I, I think this is valuable is it, you have to give it to Intel because 13 gen is a significant increase in performance over 12th gen, which itself was a significant increase in performance over 11th gen. So they just keep ladling on the cores that everybody wants. And, um, it's nice. So you, you got to give that to them. So I just want to point that out. I would say just to add on to that, I mean, the two charts ago, when we were looking at the thread scaling. I think it's also important to note that it's not just that they threw more cores at it. It's that they also are getting a lot of performance out of each of those cores. Because sometimes we look at those thread scaling, excuse me, some of those thread scaling charts you do, and you'll see it like it's not like an even kind of amount, right? Sometimes it's like, oh, on the like these threads here, it kind of dips a little bit, then yep. it goes back up. And then once you get to the multi, like, sorry, the almost full load on all cores, then it, it really takes off, right? But this, I mean, you're getting pretty healthy gains, except for maybe like, what, three core, three thread use right there? Yeah. You know, everything's, you know, in the teens, and then you start going very steadily into the 20s, and then bam, like you hit the 30s when you go to a uh, full load, workload right there. And I I thought, actually found that just more impressive to me than some of the other charts that I saw. I mean, don't get me wrong. Maybe yeah, I yeah. just I'm saying a little benchmark fatigue here, but just given the fact that we have seen more like peaks and valleys on that part, this particular chart, I think that kind of proves your point too, where they're not, they're not going just for a particular selling point. They're going truly going for, Hey, this is laptops are huge for them. Yeah. So they really want to defend that territory. Yeah. And it, you know, part of what, you know, gives it that advantage because i mean 13th gen to 12th gen was like more cores is the story but they are also as you saw on on desktop they are just simply pushing everything really hard right and Mm -hmm. it's kind of the approach with the last couple uh uh, laptop cpus is like we're just going to go for it and i i didn't i doing power testing battery and all that takes immensely more work that's still to come but i can tell you yeah, it's gonna it's gonna suck the juice down, but in a gaming, I think in a desktop gaming laptop like this, you know what? It's just like you have a you have a maximum of a one hundred watt hour battery. Otherwise, you can't bring it on a plane. That's never gonna change. So, I don't think it's ever gonna get great for anything. So, I, I think in I like what Intel's done with HX because they said, you know what? You're not gonna play games unplugged from the wall for six hours and if you're really expecting that you're not going to get that from anything anybody i don't care what you're not going to get six hours of of real gaming at high performance if you really want to push everything really hard it's just it's just not gonna because you have a you have a a gas tank of 100 hours so they basically said we don't care we know apple's there we know apple's there we know amd's efficiency is great too we don't care because we're just going to go we're just going to get on the gas we want to we want to cross the finish line first so i I mean we talked about this on previous shows uh, when it came to the desktop parts, that the word efficiency is kind of a, um, a flexible term, right? In the sense that, uh, it can be, it can be efficient in the sense that it's low, low power consumption, 
or it can seems like with these this particular generation across the board that's efficient in the sense that it does a lot with what it has so even though it's drawing a lot it is also outputting a lot yeah you got you you do have to look at that perspective too i think that's you know but so again I would you think so you got to basically, you know, suffer the pain of, of going through all the damn results. What, what, what was your impression, Elena? Were you impressed, not impressed? See, we're, we're only talking CPU side. We're going to talk about GPU side. I was just about to say, I was like, oh, like, OK, so obviously I did not go through the amount of torture self-torture, I don't know what you want to call it, the the marathon, the long endurance ultra marathon of uh, generating all these benchmarks. I, I got to come in towards the end and you pass the baton for, you know, a separate part of the route. And then I, you know, took a look at it and wrote up a, a more succinct, concise summary for our website. And I, I actually kind of thought like, and this, this sounds bad, so stick with me for a second here. I was writing this and I was like, gosh... I'm not as excited about this as I, I feel like I should be because at this point, and it's, it's nobody's fault, right? Like if you actually look at the numbers, it is very exciting. But I think at this point, it's almost like, you know how you get like novelty fatigue, right? Like these companies have been making such impressive like gains with the CPU side of things, whether it's laptop or desktop, that at this point, it's like, well, what's the story I'm really telling here? Like, people are going to start to come to expect this because we're, you know, honestly, we're kind of a spoiled, we're kind of a spoiled group here at this point, right? And so I think it's a really great outcome for people like Adam and Willis, who, when they go to trade shows and they need to, you know, start getting those videos up from CES, you know, CompuTax, whatever show we happen to be at, it's going to make their jobs a lot easier. Um, but I think for a lot of people who are more like me, who don't really need this much power, it's like, oh, that's super cool. It's like when you see a McLaren or you see, you know, any kind of really fancy, shiny car, you're like, oh, that's super right. cool. And then you go back to, in my case, my my, my Toyota beater car. <laughs> you're like, well, this is what I'm going home in. Toot, toot. You know, like, um, beep, beep. So for me, the actual more exciting story is on the GPU side, because I think that's a little more relatable as more of a, in this in, in this context, a mainstream user. But again, still very impressive numbers. Very cool to see, like, just how, in terms of, like, sports teams, like, watching somebody just, you know, make monumental gains, like, whether that's in, you know, sports or this or anything, it's always cool to see something or someone just go, bam, just like that huge leap into the next, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm also area. excited to, you know, like use it on a editing laptop. Cause then, you know, like Elaine said, I'm going to trade shows <laughs> and I brought, I brought a, uh, what was it the, uh, uh, Acer D, uh, concept D7. And that was a, uh, 10th gen, I think. And it, it was just so, it was, we're, we're editing 4K videos with, you know, with you guys and it just didn't feel snappy. So I'm like with 13 gen. That that significant performance of just you know playback and you know uh, even export and, and w- would be very helpful in, in, in that case. Yeah, yeah, no, I I think you know because it's interesting because most you you all three of you are actually editing videos back in your hotel rooms. Yeah, you bring it. I mean, there's there's a use case there for bringing a big ass laptop like this, right? Yeah. Because you set it up. This thing has a 4K mini LED screen in it. 
you set that up, you basically don't, you could bring a small form factor box and monitors, but then that basically means that's a, that's a significant more amount of crap you've got to pack too. So there, I'd be interested to see how this does against a small form factor. I, I think it might reasonably, it probably, I think it'll do reasonably well against a small form factor because again, looking at the lot, some of the, the Puget bench results, I mean, they're good. They're good, but I mean, I kind of expected a bigger uplift here. So, but I do think like getting back to your topic, I think it's like, it's like a expectation management is what I would, I would call it. These companies very much have to manage expectations of, you know, the press, they have to manage expectations of the public. And when the expectations outpace what's coming, it actually, you get backlash, right? Like you're right. Like it, it felt like, 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 uh, you know, I guess it's okay. Like, like 14, like Adam was same thing. He was like, I, I didn't think single threaded was like a big deal. It's like a 14% is like, that's pretty, that's so, pretty right? good, right? Remember the old days would be like, yeah, 50% really solid. Like, yeah, we're no, really happy to like, see this. That would <laughs> be everything like, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> is it 30? Okay. Yeah. Like that's kind of what I was like, you know. Yeah. I mean that, I mean, I think that's kind of the world we're in because they are really, they are just, they are just killing themselves try to improve to because they want to be better than the competition everybody amd apple and and uh, and intel you know like arguably like i would say like the reception here is like oh okay yeah it's good it's 40 percent. you know i'd say that's impressive but that's you know i expect that 40 like 40 percent improvement and like look at that i looked at all a lot of the coverage on the on the apple side with the m2 launch is like well, you know, the usual stuff is like, well, you know, this is like, it's okay. It's just a generational bump. It's like, because they were like, they're expecting that kind of like kick you in the ass kind of improvement that they saw because like M1 and the M1 Pro and Max were like impressive, right? And the original, they were like kick you in the ass kind of like M1 M2 was like, yeah, you know, I guess it's a little better, right? But then, you know, a lot of us, it was very much, you know, as, as you can expect, there were definitely some, um, there were stories like justifying it. Well, it's, you know, it's, uh, so it's, it's really not a big deal, right? Cause you got to wait for the next thing, you know, they kind of like explain <laughs> it away. But I, I, I do feel that there was some I'm definitely a letdown by on that side of the, the aisle where there, there were people like, what's up with this? Like, how's this? Is the M2 really an M2? You could like this. If, were, <laughs> if, the, if the Mac press covered the Mac the way the PC press did, you'd be like, how is this an M2? This is this is like an M1A. <laughs> like I ain't getting jack from this. And like maybe M1X. Like maybe uh, I mean like this is it. I get like what twenty percent or fifteen percent single threaded performance is like dead like ten percent and multi and like you know like they were just you know it's just not as harsh you know I feel like so yeah and th- I think that's just part of the management because like I, I believe me um you get you get people overly hyped based on leaks on what what we expect out of vcache versions and it's bad right because you have you have everybody like oh my god the new one's gonna be 50 percent faster it's only 30 percent faster than people like then they flip out because it's not what their expectations were right yeah i think i mean that's definitely that is unfortunately what the human brain tends to do i for for me i don't think i went that far i think it was just more of a oh Okay, like we saw this on desktop, right? And honestly, that in of itself is, I think, impressive because I, I feel like we, if we go back in time, like how, you know, let's say like, hmm, 2KB Lake 
or even Coffee Lake. In that era, we weren't really looking for analogous type of jumps between the two different uh, types of chips, you know? And now it's like, oh, Raptor Lake. Yeah, this seems about right, given what we saw on desktop. And it's just like, well, today's Monday. And that's not really fair, again, to the teams that put, you know, so much work into this. Yeah. But I think it's just that we're getting conditioned to expect it, which is maybe creating a little bit of monster in all of us. Yeah, but I I do think it's hopefully good, you know, because I think, you know, Intel, there's like the, the leak stories are saying, you know, Meteor Lake or whatever the next one is going to be is, I, I can't remember the code names, but, you know, should bring some significant increases in performance too. So I, yeah, we expect great things because honestly, they have to, right? If like, like definitely going back from, you know, from, you know, fourth to fifth to sixth gen, to seventh gen, oh, six percent, seven percent, like those single digit gains <laughs> everywhere. That definitely does not is not going to fly anymore. So you got at least it's got to. But you know, again, so like I would say, looking at it historically, thirteen gen is like it does track where you expect it. Like I would say, I'm I'm pleasantly, I'm I'm pleasantly, I'm I'm pleased. It's it's everywhere I expect it to be. Right. So that's Ooh. that's a good thing. I mean, it's a win across the board for people who need this kind of power, right? In performance. Like, uh, my reaction probably would be a little less subdued if I hadn't wrecked my own sleep cycle last night. Oh, but in general, yeah, I think that again, we heard it right from the uh, type of people who need this sort of performance. Like Willis was the, literally just talking about how it works for him and his needs. So it's good that we have this kind of option. I I'm more interested, and I don't know if it's time to do the turnover of topics i think we should i'm i'm actually more interested in seeing what you think about the mobile 4090 oh yeah no let's look can we go to the we'll flip the topic hit the hit the spinner thing whatever that is all right and then should we do the should we do the charts first and then we can get into discussion Mm -hmm. yeah which which one do you want to uh why don't we do the blender benchmark blender all right here and okay, uh, I gotta. So, uh, f- so in the same laptop, by the way, besides the fact that you have 13 Gen in there, we have the GeForce RTX 4090 laptop GPU. I know for some of you, you feel better. Uh, the RTX 4090 M. Now you feel better now about that. <laughs> this first result is uh, a Blender Open Benchmark. It basically is actually it's kind of nice because i used to run everything by hand using blender and it's kind of a pain in the butt this is nice you can download this benchmark for free it will try to publish your scores by the way if you care or not care um does monster gpu junk shop gpu as well as classroom gpu you can run this on the cpu or you can run it on the cpu i there isn't one thing I do warn you, warn you about it, it doesn't really tell you what it's testing. Is it optics? Is it CUDA? So it makes me a little uncomfortable. I actually used to try to run it by hand on our, you know, our, on optics or CUDA or whatever, but, um, this is definitely an easy way to do it. And it produces samples per second and more is better, by the way, bigger bar better. The light green is the, uh, Previous top-end GeForce RTX 3080 Ti laptop GPU at 175-watt TGP in uh, basically the same chassis. Uh, this, of course, is the RTX 
4090 laptop GPU, and you're looking at 131% improvement in the Monster samples per minute, uh, 66% improvement in Junk Shop, and 98% improvement in the Classroom tests. So, wow, right? That's a that's a big jump. That is a big jump. This, of course, is is rendering basically on the uh, RTX 4090 laptop GPU versus the 3080 Ti laptop GPU. So as somebody who does not use Blender, um, looking at it from this perspective where the bigger bar is better, like what is this measuring exactly versus say like when we use Blender to, because you also did another benchmark. Oh. I don't think you have the chart for it here, but when you're measuring it, uh, was it a barbershop for time how long it takes? So, like, what's really the difference between looking at it from the two different perspectives? Uh, well, uh, the first perspective would be, why the F are you rendering this on your CPU? <laughs> Just like, because you're looking at a significant increase, and um, you see this with a lot of different tasks. When you're throwing it at these big-ass GPUs, when I when I do a, a CPU render by hand on you know, Blender, you're, you're like, you just come back, like you start it, I go upstairs, you come back in an hour, like, okay, it's done now, right? You're running on the GPU, you just start it, you're like, you browse the web for a little bit, okay, it's done. It's significantly faster on a GPU right. than a CPU, and uh, a 3080 laptop, 30, ah, it's so hard, I keep forgetting it, to give it its TI, the 3080 TI laptop GPU, if you were to render the scene, might take an hour, if you do it on a 4090, half an hour right so that's sorry i actually meant the difference between the two blender benchmarks for the gpu oh here. they're just different models i why why are they different you know what's interesting is this is the classic thing where you think like again cinebench r23 is seen as like oh well this is like the be all end all that's just one scene doing one thing i bet if you took blender mm -hmm. cinema if you took cinema 4d and you did something else it might be faster on amd might be faster on apple might be faster on intel might be faster on NVIDIA GP. Might be. It just there's okay. just different things that you're doing because your the model is different, the textures on it. There's just so many different things, and we see this same problem with trying to judge Premiere performance or Photoshop or anything. It really takes different. You take a different journey through this gigantic, you know, one gigabyte application, and the results can be very different. It's just like being in a game where. You're indoors and you're getting 800 frames a second. You're outdoors and you're getting, you know, 400 frames a second. So it's, it's just very, I, I, I will say early on, there was a CPU vendor that said, oh yeah, you should check out this, um, this benchmark. Um, you know, they, they pass on this model. I ran it on the CPU vendors, the CPU. It's like, oh, it's actually very fast. And on Ryzen, actually, it's actually a little bit faster on, on this one than the competitor's CPU. That doesn't make any sense, right? Why is that? And actually, that particular model, for some reason, just didn't use as many threads as the other model that, like, like the popular like BMW at the time, right? So the, there's just definitely different, different workloads that stress different Got things. It. But this is one uniform benchmark. So this is basically created. It's created by the folks who do Blender. So it's it's basically a standardized benchmark. So is that result going to be what you get? Hmm. Maybe, maybe not, but so, probably is kind of like probably the long answer. So basically these different uh, 
sub benchmarks. I don't know if you would call them, uh, are just different models, different models. So like it gives you a better sense that if your workload matches them, you get a better sense of what kind of performance uptake your or uplift you're looking at. Yeah. Uh, and actually, then let me ask, answer a question. Uh, Ian asks uh, from Dr. Ian Kittress, by the way, go over there, like and subscribe, and smash that bell button somewhere down there. Did the GT77 have one 330-watt power supply or two? One. One single. We haven't really talked about power yet, but only a single 330-watt power supply. Um, so, yeah, no, it really is. It's just a different different yeah. model, and it does make me a little squiffy because I don't know what it does. Like, when I load uh, Barbershop, and I run it on optics or I run it on CUDA or I run it on the CPU. I know what I ran, how I ran it, right? This doesn't really tell you how it runs it. So it's a little, okay. but you know, again, it's nice because it's available on Mac, it's available on PC, yeah. it's easy to run. So I think yeah. I'll just, so this is my long way of trying to figure out if I should just insert another piece of information to this discussion. And I will for people who are used to seeing barbershop results and think of blender in terms of how much faster it is or maybe uh in uh, i say improvement in speed uh so i think it was uh, about 30 percent that you saw improvement in speed right in That's what i remember looking at in the in the chart and what i used i don't really think it tells so the, the thing is like the other thing is like when i take like barbershop and i'd you know you you do hand runs of it you know, it would take say an hour on the CPU, right? Mm. And if you, and if you did it on, even if you did it on the GPU, it might take, you know, ten minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. I'm just going by your own data. I can't it's remember. In your, it's in your chart. Oh, that's good. Oh, you mean the one that's in there now? Yeah. So that's yeah. oh, you because I did run it. I did run it yeah. by hand as well. But I yeah. So the reason why Blender Morgan is like did a lot of numbers because you're there's a certain point where you're like you know what it is. I just want to go to sleep. And the Blender benchmark <laughs> is great because I can run this within six minutes. I know what the results are, right? The like you're doing you're doing multiple ten minute GPU runs. You know, that's mm. it's just you're it just comes down to time. Like and, and then you have to like if you're doing multiple CPU runs, next thing you know it's four o'clock in the morning. So that's, that's why it's kind of nice because at least it's an, at least it's a data point that, you know, is out there. So yeah. And as somebody pointed out, the Blender results only apply to Blender. Yeah. And it's, it's very true because it may not be a direct translation. Although generally when you're looking at, you know, 60%, you know, we saw Cinebench was about 40%. You know, it may or may not, depending on what you're doing, your 3D rendering task may, at least you, you know, generally multi-core, the 24 core is going to outperform a 16 core right that's at least we know that we're we're seeing the validations of that in the blender benchmark now everything we've talked about blender <laughs> people <laughs> want to know about the other that. stuff so let's 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 do geekbench all right <laughs> i don't know if geekbench is exactly what the people <laughs> were expecting to move to from blender <laughs> i know i just did it you know i uh, <laughs> i can't well, find it here yeah well Okay, yeah, I have that up. Uh, but before uh, you go on, Gordon, so we do have a uh, super chat uh, from our friend of the show, Eek44, with uh, 89 Danish crones. Thank you so much. It's nice, nice done, Gordon. Uh, but 3080 Ti against 4090, it was only because you have the, the two the, the laptops uh, available to you, to you, right? Um, I'm sorry, that you, the question is why? But, but, yeah, why? You mean <laughs> why only like, two? Why, yeah, why those two? 
I think it's more of a question like it doesn't seem fair to pit the 3080 Ti against the 4090. Oh, I see. But, you know, I you know, remember laptops, you don't like, oh, by the way, can I go in and buy this laptop with this GPU and the CPU? Mm-hmm. You know, you get a whole package and generally they they design like you buy an i5, you're not getting a you're not getting a 4090. That's just not you want to you want the leather seats, but you don't want the sunroof. They don't they don't do that way. It's usually stuff is combined. Uh I think it's the reason why I did it is one you are they were like for like because we're talking about basically a seven pound laptop versus a seven pound laptop. They both also run on three hundred and thirty watt uh, power supplies, and it's, a, it's basically the same chassis. Although the cooling arrangement for the uh, P pipes is a little different on the thirteenth gen forty ninety laptop than it is on the older version. Uh, so they are. I also wanted fresh benchmarks. So one of the problems is. If you do a test on a laptop, it goes back to the vendor and you can't, you now I know I can't run Windows 11, you know, 22H2, right? So these are all fresh benchmarks, you know, new drivers, new everything. So I can actually control the, the test myself. I could, you know, I will say I had another laptop, but it was a 16 inch laptop, it had a 4090 in it. Um, I decided due to some issues I had, I also couldn't include it, but it also would have felt weird too, because like you're talking about a 16 inch laptop, that's, you know, five pounds versus, yeah, you know, a seven pound laptop. Okay. So it, it, this is very much, you're, you're getting a view for the previous fastest NVIDIA GPU against the current fastest NVIDIA uh, laptop GPU. So, and I know, of course, people are like, why didn't you include any Ryzen? Unfortunately, I don't have any HX 6000 numbers that I could even reference because I never, I don't think I ever tested a HX 6000 uh, laptop. And I, I also think if I'd gone to like a 5,000 HX, it would just kind of look, it wouldn't look right because now you're looking at an older laptop and you're also looking mm-hmm. at an eight core HX from AMD, which arguably is the best Intel would say that's the best they got. And that's the best they got. Right. And you, you know, you're going up against a 24 core 13 gen chip, with a 4090 in it, and it's just going to get it gonna, it's going to get blown off the field, and rightly so, right? So I just felt like let's concentrate, do more tests on two to give you a feel for 13 gen with 4090 uh, versus 12 gen with 3080 Ti. So that's that's my that was my rationale for you because you have to pick a choice. Um, I'm sure there are other reviewers out there that have tried to look at other bench, other laptops to try to compare, but I kind of wanted to, to do a deeper dive on to you know, very similar chassis, because that does make a difference. You take a 4090 laptop GP and you put it into a, you know, an Asus ROG G14 at 75 or 100 watts. It may not perform as well as this MSI, I'm going to guess. So, right. Yeah, it's typical. You have yeah. to kind of, it, get, it ends up scaling based on, you know, what the chassis can support. Yeah. So, yeah, I know, Geekbench. I'm just mentioning Geekbench because this is another... I just want to get this out there. This is basically using Geekbench. It has some uh, built-in compute. Yeah, I know Ian is rolling his eyes right now. (laughs) But, you know, again, so we see the performance of the RTX 3080 Ti laptop versus the RTX 4090 laptop in compute. And uh, what are we looking at here? 53% uh, in CUDA and 50% basically in OpenCL performance. 
And I just wanted to mention that, you know, uh, 225,000 versus 150,000 in OpenCL. And, and I, I just want to, I want to mention this here because I mentioned in another video. Apparently it triggers the Mac people. Uh, the M2 yeah. Max, the best score I think I saw was like 75,000 in OpenCL. So, you know, hey, it is what it is. Uh, actually of more, I, and this is actually this next one I just want to show. And the reason is, <laughs> I ran this stupid test, and then I forgot to mention it. Can you pull up the Topaz one? Topaz <laughs> one, all right. Oh, my God. You did a lot of testing. Yeah, because, I mean, that's okay. the nice thing is when you decide to reduce the, the test set, then you can do more testing. So this is, I actually did Topaz testing with mobile laptops or laptops two, two and a half years ago. I kind of stopped doing it because the folks at Topaz, uh, Topaz Labs, they do great work, but they never, ever stop. Like I ran, so this is Topaz, uh, God, I didn't write down there, Topaz Video AI, right? Yeah, you did. So, yeah, that's what you have on there. So it's essentially uh, uh, an AI-based upscaling for video. Uh, you can feed it your crappy old videos and then you can magically get 1080p and 4k that's cleaned up and looks really nice i've done that to some wedding videos uh this video was just basically a 720p video that i upscaled to 1080p because i didn't want to take you know uh five hours to do it multiple, multiple times at 4k using uh using ai to upscale it on the gpu and looking at the rtx 4090 laptop versus the 3080 laptop ti laptop Look again, fifty percent improvement. Well, forty-seven point point five, I guess, if you want to be technical about it. But that's almost a fifty fifty of almost a fifty percent improvement in the time it took to do this upscaling. Uh, and then I, let me finish my story about Topaz. One of the problems with Topaz is like I started to use the version three point three one on Tuesday. The next morning, I woke up. They came out with three point three two. So I locked down the version. It's fine. There's probably no major change, but I can tell you within a month, they'll be on to like, they'll be so far removed. It's hard unless I use the old, old version of it. That's now out of date by three months and is maybe a full version behind it. Then it's less useful, but looking at um, this AI upscaling and it is very impressive. Linda Linus has done video on it. Uh, Joel at extreme tech has used it to upscale DS nine. It's really cool stuff. But you're getting a, a nearly 50% improvement in the uh, AI upscaling on the 40 series versus the 30 series here. So pretty damn impressive. And I just wanted to mention that because I forgot to put this one benchmark chart in the video because I was too tired and forgot to. So got to do it. Peace. And where are we where are we going next? Did you do some get used to some? Let's gaming. do some gaming. Yeah. So we're at the end. We're almost at the end here. Sorry. We'll do 3D Mark. Let's do 3D Mark first. 3D Mark? All right. I'm just going to put that up there because I, I think it's every, but again, you know, it's 3D Mark made by UL. It's a synthetic benchmark. The, the reason why it's used by overclockers because it's extremely reliable to run. It is, you know, purely a, a GPU benchmark in some circumstances. So it gives you a really good feel. We're removing the CPU overall here because 12th gen to 13th gen does make somewhat of a difference. Um, I'm not even really paying attention here to the CPU stuff, but look, what are we looking at? Time Spy, Time Spy graphics. So we're only going to do graphics. Time Spy graphics. 
64% improvement from 30 series to 40 series. Port Royal, 65%. And then looking at Speedway, 70% improvement, if I'm looking at this right. Yeah, 70%, right? That's, that's, that is a, that's a big deal. Yes, it is, of course, uh, 3D Mark, but 3D Mark is, of course, synthetic. It is still respected as a very useful, uh, metric for people to look at, but let's look at some real games. So let's click on over to, what else I got here? Let's got do Quake 2. Let's Quake do two. Quake 2. All right. Again, yeah. <laughs> there's a ton more benchmarks in the GPU video we have. There's t- tons more in the CPU video we have. Let's look at 2019. Quake 2 2019 RTX. It's a fully path-traced version of Quake 2. It's pretty cool if you actually played the original version because now you're playing it fully path-traced. Uh, I run it at 4K. I'm also running at 1440p. Uh, you can see it's actually, you know, at... at you know, 49% or 49 frames per second at 4K on the 4090 laptop GPU. It's actually very playable. Yeah, it'd be nicer if you had a little more, but you were only getting about 30 frames a second on that 3080 Ti laptop GPU. So I would say big win. And let's, let's look at the actual. That is, you know, again, I mean, this number just came up over and over and over again. That's 65%. 66% at 4K improvement, 62% at 1440p, and there you're pushing 108 frames a second. And, of course, there's no DLSS magic stuff here. So that's just that's just raw performance in a fully path trace game on this. It's just pretty nutty. So I, I think it's just impressive because, like, almost all the games, you were looking at 60 to 70% improvement like a lot of them are just like they're just 60 percent 70 percent that you're just seeing it almost across the board at 4k you know nvidia is go ahead i was gonna say like yeah like the numbers are like 50 percent 60 percent range uh one hit 70 percent range but some of the some of these also uh, incorporate dlss right so yeah. that's something that we'll get to in a moment as well yeah, and I, you know, people do want to see uh, DLSS, and luckily, the day after we started testing Cyberpunk twenty seven seven, uh, patch came out that supported the uh, DLSS three. So we, you're looking at the results for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven with ray tracing set to Psycho, um, DLSS is set to balanced, and the the top result, which is light green, is the thirty eighty Ti laptop GPU. The slightly darker green in the middle is the 4090 laptop GPU. That's with DLSS 2 versus DLSS on as well. But I did not have frame generation on for that. Frame generation, which is somewhat controversial for some, is turned on with the darker bar, right? So that is that dark green bar is where frame generation is on. Uh, we go from 48 frames a second to uh, basically 90 frames a second. So with the frame generation and DLSS set to balance, you're looking at 3080 Ti laptop. Again, that was in NVIDIA's previous fastest laptop GPU. You're now pushing 90 frames a second at 4K. Uh, sorry, Willis, for some reason, I don't think the slide actually made the oh, transition. Right. Could you Got it. try oh. again? Oh, we're going to do it again. Willis is going to show this to the YouTube crowd. So I'm sorry. I, yeah. I, I don't have that up the stream up. It's being updated now. So now you're seeing it. So again, that dark green is with the uh, frame generation on. The, the medium green in the middle is with frame generation off. Uh, 
Um, whatever you think of it, I will say I'm impressed. I mean, look, you go to 1440p, you're going from, you know, you know, 60 frames a second, pretty decent for that 3080 Ti laptop GPU versus 85 frames a second. Again, nice improvement for 4090 laptop, but you turn on frame generation, you're pushing 139 frames a second. So whew, it's, it's nice. Now, of course, some people would say like, oh, well, frame generations, you know, fake frames and that just gets you into the whole philosophical discussion. Then it gets into the, the mosh pit of arguing about is this really a 4090? I, I don't know if we want to go there or not, but I, I do want to show not you. Not just yet. Not just I, yet. Elena, just what yet. are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this? I would, frames. Say, I would just say that regardless of where you stand on the point, on this point, right, uh, with that discussion that we're temp- tabling for the moment, even if you just look at the increase in performance uh, with DLSS on, right? Uh, so DLS, DLSS 2, you're still getting a 57% increase in performance at 4K, which is, which is tangible, very tangible, right? You're going from, you know, by most today's standards, barely playable 30 frames per second to a smoother 48, almost 50 frames per second, which, you know, I think everyone can agree is a, a very tangible improvement. Right. And then you get the added bonus and how you feel about that is, you know, your, based on your own, you know, feelings about it. But then that, that's like a 200% increase. I think it's like 195% increase when I did the math. It's nuts. Like this, say what you will about the technology. The fact that it can even do that is impressive. Yeah. You don't have to like it, you, but at least acknowledge that it's pretty cool tech. Right, right. And there's definitely, <clears throat> we're still in the early days of uh, the frame generation too. I expect it to even get better, but I don't think... NVIDIA is going to back off of this. This is the path forward for them, right? Because they just, you know, they've sort of said this, like you can't, you can't brute force this. So AI is just going to play a a big part of how we go forward. And, you know, there really gets down to what, what is, because a lot of people, for people who don't know, let's, I will back it up and say frame generation with DLSS three basically creates frames. You, so the, the, the GPU renders a frame, and then it also looks at that frame that was created and it basically creates a, 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 an AI version of it that of course is a little different because it knows what's going on. And a lot of people have been screaming, well, that's not real because that's not actually rendered out. And, you know, cal- then it gets into, I, I really do think like, what is a frame? Like, I don't want to get too crazy, but like, if you think about it, your GP renders out a line in a game. And then it goes in and does anti-aliasing. It basically fills in those little jaggies. Are those fake pixels? Because it's those, you know, I mean, it really kind of, I mean, and also let's remember, folks, the graphics card does some math, special math, way beyond me that I can understand, creates a frame. Now the AI takes even more special fancy math and creates another one. Why isn't the first frame fake? Fake? Isn't it all really fake? I mean, let's not let's not get too existential about this. But what is real? Especially like when you're is, you're playing like, a fake <laughs> game, 
right? You're not playing like you're not like this is not a view into reality. You're not like going through your screen, running through the world. You're just simply playing rendered made up games based on math. I feel like that's the epitome of the AI discussion in general. Like what is real? What is not like chicken or the egg? Who comes first? <laughs> However, I think the more valid point here is the idea of latency. But this is starting to open up that can of worms that we were trying to avoid in terms of topics we wanted to cover while it's going over the benchmarks. I can bring us back to um, uh, Dr. Ian Cutrus mentions, how much of your life do you want without ray tracing? Slash S, meaning he's just kidding. Uh, they're referencing a, a, I think, a 2018 uh, uh, Internet kind of meme. I will I will say, though, it really does kind of make me think. And uh, this brings up, we were talking about karaoke earlier. Elena. Oh, yeah. I oh. kind of think you like this. If you take that, what Ian just said, how much of your life do you want to, do you want without ray tracing? If you could sing that song, but with the uh, Aerosmith song, I don't want to miss a minute. Yeah. I don't like, want to miss a thing. Yeah. I think I, I could, I would karaoke that because you, you don't, <laughs> I don't want to miss. You would not want to hear me sing, but you were like, <laughs> oh, well, we do. <laughs> but it's about ray tracing. So like parody, I've always wanted to do like a, a, there needs to be some parody, but you have to have someone who can sing. Otherwise you shouldn't do it because it's an, an offense to humanity and gamers. But could you see how much of your life do you want to, do you want to miss without ray tracing? But set to Aerosmith's song, do you, <laughs> does, does the, uh, Al, does it, does the Weird Al law get us rule get us around that? Can we do it as parody without getting sued? I, I just think you know. so, but I feel like we're really in the weeds or off the, off tracks. Right that here. we're off tracks. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that because it's just funny. But yeah, no, I, I we're, again. This is a controversy we are not going to settle here today. And I I do want to point that out though. What is real? What is not? Because I know people they just want to trash it by saying fake frames. I, I think so. You know. Okay, I know I said that we're getting off the rails here, but I would say that there is an argument to be made for saying uh, there's a difference between uh, the original generation, you know, versus a derivative of that. And you could argue a fine, there's a line between those two, right? Because you, you have one that's created by directly just, you know, talking quote unquote to the game, right? And then what the GPU is doing is going, Oh, okay. Well, based off of that, I'm going to create this. So if it's even that one degree removed for, I guess maybe for some people, it's no longer, it's no longer original Coke is new Coke. I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just way too, it's way too, too deep for me. I, I just think. <laughs> this is a conversation that you and Ian should have. I feel well, like. is it, I mean, what's real, what's not real, right? Cause that's, but okay. But should we do the next one though? Yeah. Let's this is the last one. We're the last yeah. one. Cause I, I do, I think we, you can't avoid it. You can't yeah. avoid it. There's, uh, th there's so many more benchmarks too in your video. <laughs> yeah. So there's if more. You if you see the full lineup, definitely check out. Uh, Gordon's coverage in the separate video on the PC World channel. Yes. All right. Oh, the dude, there's somebody in chat mentioning Crystal Pepsi. That brings back memories. <laughs> is it a TGB reduction? Uh, this is basically, I was going to call it the uh, color stripe gum chart. Okay. Is it the <laughs> color stripe gum? Does everybody chart. remember what that is? <laughs> Do they even make that anymore? 
for people who don't know, or they basically mm-hmm. like, if RGB was in your first gaming computer, you would now know what it is. Color Stripe Game Gum is a gum that comes in different or different colors, and there's a zebra that was the the front front animal for it. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is like. I feel like I remember this maybe. Like, like, like mid-90s, early 90s. Yeah, see, with Adam <laughs> here, or Brad, we, we go off the rails all the time. But what you are looking at, Internet, and sorry, audio listeners, on the screen we have uh, uh, basically bars, because that's the only, like, shape the Internet understands. The, just, the GeForce desktop GPU versus laptop GPU, looking at core... The published bandwidth numbers, I actually had to, I got lazy eventually because NVIDIA doesn't publish them all. I had to go look them up on, um, uh, sorry, I think I sold this, um, tech, is it tech? I can't remember the name. Sorry, they have that massive, the, the GPU database. I really have to give them the shout out for this. Oh, I'm I blanking I'm, my, my brain is blanking. They, awesome site. But anyway, uh, looking at bandwidth as well as the reduction in TGP, the rated TGP between the desktop part. So we're talking full on desktop part as well as the laptop part. And this is from the six, six series, 680 versus 680M, 780 versus 780M, uh, 980 versus 980M, uh, 1080 versus 1080M. And actually when we got to you will see. So if you're looking at this chart, you see the reduction green bar is the reduction in the actual CUDA cores between the desktop and laptop version. The, uh, what color is that? Orange, the orange color, yellow, orange, yellow, the orange color is the reduction in bandwidth, memory bandwidth. That's the published memory bandwidth, the memory sub memory type, regardless Purple is the reduction in TGP. And we see the original 680 desktop versus 680M. You saw about a 13% CUDA core reduction, 40% bandwidth reduction, 49% TGP reduction. For the 70 series, 780 versus uh, GTX 780M, those actually did have M in the model number, 33% reduction. For CUDA cores, 44% reduction in bandwidth, 51% reduction in TGPs. So the TGP reduction is always there. As we got to 980, 980M, 25% for CUDA cores. Uh, bandwidth reduction was 29%, and uh, purple TGP reduction was 26%. And here is actually the important part, because I remember NVIDIA being so proud. They're like, yeah, 980M, that's a reduced part. From the desktop part, you know, because it's a laptop. We're on an older, that's, we're talking years and years ago. 980M, you're not going to be able to get a full on the same part. So we had to reduce the CUDA cores, the memory bandwidth is down. But we are there. We are finally at the day, Gordon, where the desktop part is basically going to be the same as the laptop part. So the GTX 1080 versus GTX 1080M, 0% reduction. In CUDA cores, 0% reduction in bandwidth, and yet it is still a laptop. You had a 17% reduction in the rated TGP of those. Uh, when we got to the uh, 2080 series versus 2080M, you actually saw the same thing. Uh, basically the same dies between laptop 
and desktop. So you saw no reduction in CUDA cores, no, no reduction in uh, bandwidth. Get the we get the the twenty eighty super. Uh, actually, we're going to do a slight reduction in memory bandwidth, but of course power. Power, remember, you don't have an 800-watt power supply. You don't have an 850-watt power supply. The best you can get is really 330 watts. Um, there are some power supplies that are larger. There are They are very, very rare, very, very expensive. There may be some regulatory issues from country to country. The limit is a 330-watt power supply for your entire system, including screen and everything. So the TGP reductions are always big. As you see, 20 series, we lasted two generations where desktop um, die was the same as laptop die in the top end. We get the 30 series, and you know what? I don't hear NVIDIA saying, oh, yeah, same thing to same thing anymore. We go to a 29% reduction in CUDA cores from the RTX 3080 to the RTX 3080 laptop, a 41% reduction in memory bandwidth, and a 64% reduction in in TGP because clearly they use more power with the 30 series. As you get to RTX 3080 Ti, 28% reduction in CUDA cores, 44% in um, bandwidth, and TGP is 57%. And now here we are to the day of the 40 series. The 4080 is uh, 4080 desktop versus 4080 laptop. Of course, if we want to get really existential, what is a 4080 desktop GPU? I don't know, but... <laughs> 24% reduction in CUDA cores, 46% reduction in in memory bandwidth, and a 53% reduction in TGP. And, of course, we get the 4090 desktop versus 4090 laptop, 41% reduction in CUDA cores, a 49% reduction in bandwidth. And, um, honestly, that the, the most here is that TGP reduction. We do see a 67% reduction in uh, power between the 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 mobile and the desktop part. So I will say there were two generations where Nvidia thought they could use desktop and mobile and it hasn't been that way in a long long time, right? And I don't know if we're going to get back there, but I and it's hard to actually see that ever happening, but I do I made this entire chart because I just think it's very valuable to point out that Laptop GPUs have not been the same. Look at the trend. Most of the time, they are not the same die. And you clearly are not getting the same dies here. It was really only the the 1080 and the 2080. I mean, 2080 Super, if you kind of count it, but they were really not a big big change. Really, there was a short period where it wasn't the trend, but that's the trend is generally laptops are not going to be the same as desktops. So I... I bring this up because a lot of people say 4090, this 4090 laptop is not the same as a 4090 desktop. So what do you think? What do you think, Lena? I laughed. (laughs) I laughed because I didn't know we were going to have this conversation today. (laughs) We were going to table it for another day. It's okay. I'm ready for it. I just didn't know we were starting. We were stirring that pot. I just feel you have to because it's just... You know, you're getting 60 to 200% improvement in performance on this thing. And the only first thing you hear is it's not a 4090 desktop, you know, and, or fake frames. But, you know, I just kind of feel like we have to, to talk about it. I mean, so from my perspective, I think there's there's a lot of valid arguments being made on both sides, if you can really call them sides. 
You know, so I, I, I agree that naming could be so much better when it comes to these different parts because so we had this conversation on the show, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? I forget how long ago. It wasn't that long ago that we were talking about this. And basically, I think if you are a person who is into enthusiast hardware, you keep up with the news. Yeah, it's not weird to you that the two are going to be different. Like you just kind of expect it. You've, you've learned the lay of the land. So it seems natural to you, right? But I think there's a very valid and fair argument to make that if you just because you aren't familiar with it doesn't mean that you're you're supposed to be, for lack of a better term, a victim of your own ignorance. Right. Like it's not fair to say that someone who's like first getting started in content creation or like finally able to buy their own hardware, high end hardware, like they they should be able to make an they should be, they should be able to have an easier time of comparing like do i want a desktop setup for this or do i want to have the option of being able to travel with my setup right and not have to really dig deep and say oh wait a second these are these two things that are labeled the same are not actually the same thing like i think that is unfair to people like that and i think there are more of those types of people than uh maybe the enthusiast crowd makes allowances for like probably not as much as like me making this argument may like that may make make may make it sound like but i think that's a non-zero and i think it's non-zero enough that it's a valid thing to say that said like i also like i can really see both points right where it's like yeah like you there is always a, a certain amount that you have to learn about a topic right but i also think there's it doesn't mean that you should just say like well it's really byzantine good luck have fun spending hours on reddit to figure out what the stuff means yeah, I mean, I understand that, but you know, I, I guess the thing is, I always come from a very cynical point of view too. I, I think that companies don't design things to make things easier for you necessarily. If they can, if they can make themselves more money, all for-profit corporations are designed to make more money to maximize dollars. That's, that's their mandate. They're chartered. They get yelled at and people get fired if they don't do that. Cause that's. I mean- it's not even corporations. I mean, like even even when you hire somebody to, I don't know, fix your dryer, like they're not necessarily going to say like, oh yeah, you can save this much money by you know getting this part and doing it yourself. They're going to be like, well, ask me six hundred dollars, and it's up to you whether or not to call three other competitors to see if that's actually a fair price. Yeah, and most people they call the first number, that person gives them a quote, like okay, I, our heater went out. Like I'm not going to call three other vendors and have them show up to like it's like thirty five degrees outside. Work you're fixing your five hundred dollars, yeah. right? But I, I just think that these companies want to just make money for you. They want to maximize. But um, I think people, maybe they're just, I think they're, it's a little unfair because it's not a 4090. It's not just called a 4090. It's actually called a 4090 uppercase L laptop GPU, right? <laughs> and that's what it is. It's listed in specs. They publish the specs. It's all out there for everybody to see. It's not hidden. I mean, the the fact is everybody is so hung up on, would you really feel better if they called it 4090M? Would that really make it all better? Is that, it really is just simply calling it M? That's really going to, for that, for that uninformed buyer that goes out and they're just browsing, you know, at the store, they're looking at their phone, that M is going to tell them everything they need to know. I'm, you know, I. I think so. 
I mean, I honestly think that just having some kind of different designation is enough to make somebody go, oh, wait a second. What does that mean? I should probably look that up. And it, it gives them something to search for more easily. Right. Like, I, I think if like I was coming into something, you know, and I didn't know anything about the topic or I was like only maybe peripherally aware of the topic, I wouldn't know necessarily to go, hey, what does it mean when there's a RTX 4090 in a laptop versus a desktop? Like, I don't, I don't even know what search terms I would use if I, you know, if I'm that novice enough or that unfamiliar with the topic. This has happened to me all the time. Like, I'll have to go to a more experienced friend, you know, that knows about something more than I do and say, like, so this thing is happening to me and I want to do my own research. So I'm not spending hours asking you questions, but I don't even know how to phrase this. And they'll say, oh, okay, this is, this is the stuff that you need to put into Google's search bar to start researching that. And I say, oh, great. Thanks. Now you've actually saved me however much time I'm going to spend, you know, spinning my wheels trying to even get to that point. Would you though? I mean, like, but don't you, wouldn't you argue like, like your, if your friend texts you and says, Hey, I'm thinking about buying this laptop with a 4090. Well, one thing, you know, it's not going to be like $600, you know, Costco budget laptop. You know, this is like, this thing is like blinged out. No, I love Costco, but you're not going to get a Costco. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to be like, they're not like, Oh, I'm really like, I'm really uh, looking for the best. You know, they're they're not looking for something to do turbo tax on, right? If they're looking for 4090 laptop, they're looking for the best performance they want. Right. So clearly if they're looking for, if you're looking for 4090, you want like you want it because you've heard the buzz. If you buy a 4090 laptop GPU or lap based laptop, you are still literally getting the fastest thing out there, right? So I think this, uh, I think it's just a, a convergence of different viewpoints that some are naturally in conflict with each other and some are, uh, it's an issue of, um, a pragmatic outlook versus a philosophical ideal type outlook, right? So on the one, so, so one, one branch of this, one vein of this is the whole like, okay, like we could put an M on there or like maybe some other cool letter that we use, not X because everyone uses X. It has an uppercase L. Like you, I'm just, yeah, I'm no. just saying, I'm just saying, right? Like if you put that designation on there, it makes life a lot easier. However, from the perspective of say a company, if you label something like that, you are cueing people that it's different, which is kind of honestly a little bit against, you know, what psychologically they're hoping to do to you. I mean, in fairness, right? Like that's the reason why businesses also put like it's dot 99 cents instead of saying, no, it's a hundred dollars. No, it's $99 and 99 cents because they want you to think, oh, it's like $90. Cause like your brain just kind of anchors there as opposed to actually doing the math. Right. Um, and that this is own whole separate conversation or like at least another like spiraling down further into the weeds of like, is that right? You know, how should we, should we legislate, you know, fairness and, you know, whatever, like that's some conversation, but that's one conflict that we're talking about. I think the other is just the whole, like, and this is just me being millennia more of a, uh, I need tangible things. I guess I'm a little stupid. Like I, I can't always operate in like the philosophical realm. Like there's a lot of times where uh, I'm listening to people talk about benchmarks. Like, you know, even earlier where it's like, it's a 13% uplift and secretly, like, I, I mean, maybe not so secretly now because I'm admitting it, but sometimes in my head, I'm like, that's five frames. That's five frames. Like, <laughs> like, yes, it's, it's good. It's an improvement. And like, but in the range we're at, that's like five frames. Like, is it really going to make that much of a difference? Right. So like that's kind of speaks to your point here where it's like, 
this is still the absolute best you're going to get on laptop, y'all. Like, you, it's not like, it's not like we can take a desktop 4090 and just cram it into a laptop ourselves. It's not like we're being denied an experience that could, ex- that like, that exists in some, somewhere, right? right? It's just like, that's what it is. So yeah, it, it sucks that it's like the naming's weird and like it's not analogous, but at the same time, like, if you look at all the charts that you created, Gordon, like it's like 60% range, 70% range, over 100% range. Like this, this chip is nuts. Like this is the reason why I wanted to talk about this more so than the CPU side, because to me, that's super exciting. Oh it's yeah, just like, only 40%. <laughs> it's right? And, oh, and only 40% phoning in and more Intel. Importantly, we hadn't even gotten to this point yet because I was kind of waiting like us to like get through this whole stuff, but I'm going to bring it up now because like it's part of this. Please you do. Know, topic I'm on, which is like, this chip also fits into the craziest chassis now. Like, from my perspective, where it's like, not even four years ago, like three, four years ago, you're talking about a three pound laptop. That's, that's your, that's your productivity machine. Like, you're just like, I'm going on a flight and I'm working on like basic Excel, basic Excel spreadsheets. Like, that's all I'm doing on this, you know. 12 hour flight to Japan or wherever I'm going for work, you know, that's all you can expect out of your three pound laptop. Like it's a great, it's like a 360 spinning hinge. Like that's already amazing compared to what we used to have. I'm excited. You can fit an RTX 4090. Like I I don't think I can call it cut down. I can't like, you can't, I won't call it cut down, but like lower TDP. So obviously the performance is going to be scaled a bit, right? But you can still get a 14-inch laptop, the yep. Asus FRS G14, is going to have a configuration with the RTX 4090 in it, and that laptop is like three. I looked it up; it's like 3.8 pounds, so it's a sub four-pound laptop. Yep. That freaking blows my mind because it's not just the high end that that this is like interesting. It means that what kind of laptops can we actually expect to see 4070s in, 4060s in? Like now, when I take a two-pound laptop to whatever business trip I'm fortunate fortunate enough to go on, does that mean, like, when I'm not doing work, I can be like, yo, boss, I'm off the clock, and, like, fire up a game and, like, actually be able to play it at, you know, settings that I'll actually enjoy, as opposed to, like, no, no hate, Pat Brad. But, like, GeForce Now, great option, but not always the best on hotel Wi-Fi, right? Like, yeah. so I just, I've kind of gotten off into my own like off the rails here but that's no. just like i just feel like we sometimes we miss the we miss the like we miss the forest for the trees when we talk about this kind of stuff and i don't think anybody's wrong to point out the trees i think it makes for a really great discussion among us like we're all passionate about hardware but sometimes just a little bit i think we miss the forest for the trees yeah no i, I agree with you there because it, it um you know, again, the efficiency pickups from 40 series are pretty, pretty hefty, looks like. <clears throat> because if you're putting able to put that in a G14, although I think, although the, the TGP was higher than I expected, I think as you said, it was like maybe 100 watts. I forgot what it was. It was actually higher than I expected. Um, but I will say, you know, again, we haven't done power testing and all that stuff. Um, that'll come from a different chassis platform, but I will say this laptop, with its 330 watt power supply, is running them side to side on a watt meter. They have different panels. This one has a mini LED. The other one had a, you know, an IPS, but 
running a GPU load on it, this one was actually using about 20 watts less. It's still, you're, you're still looking at, you know, 280 watts, but you know, it was using about 20 watts less than the previous 3080 laptop GPU. So 3080 Ti kind of, it's really, and I'm trying to mentally always say laptop because that's the thing is technically it is 3080 Ti uppercase L laptop. So instead of M, you have the laptop. If we all say laptop, nobody will be confused. But the fact that you're able to get 60% more performance in a pure GPU load, I think I was running Octane, <laughs> on out of this laptop over the previous one, and you were doing it for a little less wattage, was like, it. it's kind of nuts. They're getting a very decent efficiency out of the 40 series over 30 series. And I, I think that's that's probably the one thing that's being lost in the usual kind of like hand-wringing over the, the naming of, of everything, so... Yeah. Uh, although I, I think is it uh, Davina in chat point out that on the opposite end of the spectrum we have AMD who went a little ham with their model numbers. So there's there's a balance to be had too with how this could be approached. Yeah, I yeah I don't know if we can ever. I I think people just I think companies are always going to adjust. My feeling is companies are always going to adjust their product stacks and names based on what they have to go to market with to sell you out of, to get them to maximize you giving your money. You just have to educate yourself and educate everybody who is asking you for information, what to know. Right. So that's, that's just the best way I think. So I, I just, I just had to get that out there. I know, you know, I, I just think that you can't get away with it. Cause a lot, cause that's been said ever since the original 40, you know, 40 series laptop announcement at, at CES. That, that's what everybody said. The other thing is price though. You want to talk about price? Oh, I know everyone in the chat's already, already going there. <laughs> yeah, so, so what, what, what price do we have, Gordon? Well, so I, I think a lot of people are like, Oh my God, the price increased. Let me, let me just tell you this laptop. Let me read off the, uh, so this is the, this is this laptop. With this is a Titan GT 77HX. It's actually this sample is actually going to be sold. There are some other reviews that may have the 13950HX. Um, that SKU, as I understand, is not actually going to be sold. This will only be sold with the 980, uh, 980HX. So you're getting the Core 24 core Core i9 13980HX. You're getting that with the uh, 4090. Laptop GPU, 64 gigs of DDR5, 2 terabyte NVMe, Windows 11 Pro. That's also with a 4K mini LED screen. Oh, look at this. You're actually getting a, a, a USB key too. That's nice. 128 gig USB key thrown in. So, so again, that's going to settle my decision. That's going to settle it. But you're looking at a 17.3 inch, uh, 4K, 144 hertz mini LED screen that uh, hits HDR 100, right? 100% TCA, DCI P3. So again, not exactly uh, a cheap screen. Uh, this laptop, uh, killer, blah, blah, blah. You know, let's, uh, so the price of this laptop. Will be forty six hundred dollars on the street, so that's the list price retail, right? You said forty six hundred. Forty six hundred. Forty six. Oh no, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Yeah. 
I was totally wrong. It's four thousand five hundred ninety-nine. Because no, it's not forty-six hundred. <laughs> it is yeah, forty-six hundred dollars. Let me tell you, I went and I looked up. It's like, huh? Because I heard people like, oh my god, it's crazy expensive because it's pushing five K. Yes, if you buy the version of this laptop with one hundred and twenty-eight gigs of RAM and a f- four terabytes of storage, you're pushing fifty-three hundred dollars. This one is forty-six hundred dollars. But let me let me read off. I went looking. So the MSI GT seventy-seven twelve UHS that I did most of the testing against with the uh, with the Core i9 12900HX with an NVIDIA GeForce RTX 3080 Ti, 64 gigs of RAM, 2 terabyte. Basically similar. I looked, uh, Micro Center said, uh, slash on sale, $4,300 with the, looks like the list price was $4,700. So it's technically looks like $100 less. Plus you're getting a mini LED 4K panel. Reactions? Uh, sorry, there's something happening in another window. Oh, one second. Wait, oh, it was forty, forty-three. So basically, the- it was uh for the if you, I actually pre- included the screenshot just to prove it for the the twelfth gen with a thirty eighty Ti. Mm-hmm. F- well, I'm sorry, I got that wrong again. It was four thousand two hundred ninety nine and ninety six cents. It was not forty three hundred dollars. So, yes. So we're looking at a price increase of about three hundred dollars between the two gens. Well, okay, but that one is looks like the list price of that, according to Micro Center, was four thousand six hundred ninety nine and ninety seven cents of the previous one. Obviously, before the thirteenth gen and the forty series existed. Okay. So, so this is a hundred dollars less on list price with okay. the mini LED screen. I mean, we've seen price creep in general from gen to gen, so that's that's kind of a separate conversation. I think the the heart of this conversation, though, is just like, whoa, like look at these prices, right? Or well, are we actually yeah, talking about expensive. gen to gen? No, I mean, but I'm just I'm saying gen to gen. I think I want to make sure people understand that you have the facts. It does not look like going to forty series, going to thirteen gen significantly increase the price over the previous version. Of course, that one was offered, what, a year ago? I mean, maybe supply chain, maybe demand had some play in that, but it actually did not go up in price. In fact, it actually looks like it went down about a 100 bucks um, in MSRP, yet you are getting a 4K mini LED, uh, you know, 1,000, HDR 1,000 panel. So that, that just needs to be out there, I think, so. On the pricing, the pricing discussions. So, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. No, it does suck because it's like, but I, I guess I'd have to look back historically. I mean, you know, one thing I have noticed is laptops over the pandemic, during the the, uh, you know, during the shortages. I think it was very similar to what we saw with cars. You want to go out and buy a budget car, huh? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. If you want to go and buy a budget cart, oh, tough. Go. Uh, why don't you see that lake over there? <laughs> we actually set up a springboard so you can go jump in that lake. We're not selling you a budget car. We are selling you the special edition car with the sunroof package, the leather seats, and all the doodads. Because, by the way, we are going to sell that for a crap load of money. We saw that with cars. We see that in my stupid cereal, clothes, <laughs> cars, everything. I'm just kind of wondering that's just generally the pattern we saw over the last few years. And I'm kind of wondering, would this 
would this what would this laptop be five years ago? Or is it because or is it just simply because people are able to go out and pop off and buy four thousand dollar laptops? I don't know what's I don't know if you can really separate it out like that because there's so much there's so many different factors or influences from the past few years, you know, the pandemic, the supply chain issues, the um difference in approach to hardware, right? Like where like it's just raw power, like let's just throw everything at it so that you get the absolute, you know, most rip roaring piece of hardware out there. I mean, even, I mean, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you could also say like, you know, the fact that they put a 4090 label on this allows them to, you know, say like it's more premium so that, you know, you can adjust pricing accordingly. There's a lot of different things mixed in there. I don't know if I personally would be able to separate out some, separate all the pieces and go, yeah, like that's the reason why, that's the reason why, and like that's the reason why that we're seeing these changes. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I just want to point out, I, I don't really know if the price creep is just simply, the price creep we've seen everywhere. I mean, it's like. I mean, I think every company is going to take advantage of that to some degree. There are things that I'm seeing where I'm like, do you really need to raise the price on that? Like, you can't be moving that many units of that. It makes you wonder, right? It does make you wonder because you would think eventually what brings prices down is like, ain't no one buying it, you know? And that's that's typically, but, you know, we'll have to see if that ever, that happens. But I'm, I do want to just make sure people understand going from the previous version to this one, it actually looks like it actually went down a little bit. So, and you're getting with with a, a arguably probably a better panel too, right? Because this was a the previous version had a 360 hertz 1080p IPS, or I, I don't think it was IPS. I don't know. It might have been a VA panel, but you're looking now getting a mini LED thousand nit panel, 144 hertz. So that's nice. Yeah, very nice. So I, I just want to point out on this particular model, I don't know if the screams are necessarily uh, are valid. So how we'll much, have to see with other ones. How much did the laptop weigh again? Uh, about seven pounds. You know, basically that's without the power brick. Mm-hmm. So you, the the power brick, three hundred thirty watts, is probably two and a half pounds. It's 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 you're going to fill in your backpack, but you know you're going to okay. carry it to the hotel or whatever, set it up, and call it a day. It feels like. Gonna need to have uh, Adam expenses so I can uh, work oh, yeah, and yeah. T- work at Computex and game at the afterwards. I was just gonna say I'm like I feel like Willis is rapidly calculating in his head like the different uh, arguments in favor of having something like this available to our video team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it'll be like oh you know for eleven hundred dollar less you can get a uh, MacBook Pro sixteen inch M two. Well, I mean, for some things, it's useful. There's definitely some <laughs> arguments for it. Elena, would you would you say this is a? If I were to argue this is a crazy good deal, would that be wrong? At forty three hundred dollars, forty I mean, well forty six hundred dollars, because you're getting you're getting forty percent more multi core performance. You're getting sixty to a hundred percent more frame rates. You're getting mini LED panel. Thousand right, nits, so, 4K, so here's the thing about me. That's a killer I, deal. <laughs> I think everybody who listens to the show regularly kind of knows that I'm a little bit of a stick in the mud about word use. Uh, it kind of comes part and parcel of territory when uh, you know when you're a, a editor for a living. But I don't really like to use the word deal for things that don't relate to actual sales or like discounts or, you know, price reductions. I think it 
just kind of softens the meaning of that word. But I would say, I think that there's a lot of value that you're getting out of these high end laptops. You know, like I don't think that it's, I don't think that you're spending necessarily $4,500 to $5,000 on a laptop just for, um, aesthetic reasons or, you know, just like, well, it's a laptop. So you're going to really have to like step down your expectations of what it can do. Cause I feel like that's more that we were looking at like five to seven years ago, where if you got a gaming laptop, you're just like, well, like, I'm sacrificing a lot for portability, so it is what it is. Like, now you're getting really good performance. Like, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. But I think that for the money you're spending, you are getting something in exchange for that money. So I would call that more of a good value for what you're spending on if you can make use of it rather than a deal. Like, a deal to me is something that, like, you're like, wow, like, I just have no reason not to buy it because it's like discounted. Like, I'm not spending as much as I normally would for this. And like, even if I don't really need it, I could make use of it. So I guess I'll go ahead and splurge on it. Like, to me, that's like more like deal territory. So um, let me summarize. So Elena is actually <laughs> saying 40 series with 13 gen is a good deal. Nope. <laughs> good value. Nope. I didn't say, okay, yeah. I think that for the right person, it has a lot of value. Like Willis... It's it's good value, but for the price, not too sure. Not I want to spend. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if not I want to. Yeah, I, not cheap. I want to know. I need more. Uh, what was it red envelope from Gordon? If anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to uh, obviously make people feel uncomfortable. We got any questions? Yeah, yes. let's go on to Q and A real quick. Uh, let's see here. All right, updating slide. Um, yeah, so. Uh, Real quick, just a reminder, if you have any questions for us, please add me on, uh, add us on uh, YouTube at uh, PC World. And also, you you know, uh, for audio listeners and uh, and uh, those who are catching up l- uh, later on the stream, please uh, uh, send us uh, the comments or the questions on the Full Nerd Discord as well. Uh, let's see here. So we have a question earlier from uh or yes yeah this morning from dark helmet uh asking uh they so recently uh hardware unbox uh had a video explaining why most reviewers uh explaining why most reviewers perform gaming tests for cpus benchmark at 1080p which got them thinking like hey uh, the the crux of it is that they want we you know reviewers want to see how far uh how far given a CPU is capable of pushing a GPU. Is that correct, Gordon? Yeah. I, the, the main, you know, I, I don't actually, I ended up tweeting a, a hubs story. I think it was a, was it both of them? I thought it was Steve that did the video. Uh, Steve Walden over at hardware and box. Please also go over to hardware and box like, and subscribe and click the smash bell button. Uh, basically did a video showing the differences, taking older CPUs and pairing them with newer GPUs. Yeah, it was in reaction to people going, why are you testing at 1080p? This is just simply not realistic. Or why are you testing with 4090s? And the reason you do it in a CPU review is because you don't want to run uh, workloads, mostly games in that instance, that are CPU limited. So you would run a lower resolution to basically pretend that you had a 5090 or uh, or an RTX or, or Radeon, whatever, you know, 9900 from the future so the idea is like you're advising people to buy a cpu 
And in that case, it was like, I think it was like 8,700K versus a 2000 series Ryzen. What's better? Taking the video card of choice at the time, you would then run it at a lower resolution or lower game settings to go like, oh, this CPU is probably going to be faster when the GPUs get faster a few years from now. Uh, that's the rationale. People might run 1080p. They might run lower game settings or even lower resolution. Um, a lot of people don't, but there's, there's disagreement with that because they go, no, you should also, you should always run real world examples. Nobody in their right mind is ever going to pair a, a, a high end GPU with a low end GPU or CPU. Um, and most, if you're buying a 4090, you're not buying it to play at 1080p. You're buying it to play at 4K, you know. So I, I think, I, I think what it is is just simply he was trying to explain to people why people do it that way. And it's not, if you need to see more validation of 4K gaming or, or this gaming or that gaming, please go look for that data elsewhere. But that is one valid way to give people insight to how fast a CPU might perform with the GPU from five years from now. That that's the concept. And that's actually kind of what people did with the original, um, a Ryzen launch. And I will tell you, I've reviewed CPUs for a long, long time. You honestly, CPU CPUs and games never really mattered before. Mm -hmm. Um, all, a lot of that's because it was only Intel's world, but you would do like 720p. You'd run a few games and call it quits because it didn't really matter. It's obviously gotten more important with CPUs. Now when, when the original Ryzen 1000 came out and people did 1080p testing, some people did 720p testing because that's traditionally how you had always done it. A lot of um, partisan fans got a little overly um, reactive to that. They start screaming at everybody, why are you so focused on 1080p gaming performance on Ryzen? You were intentionally doing this to make Ryzen look bad. Nobody's going to buy a 1080 Ti and run it at uh, 1080p that's just crazy right you're all going to be running high res 4k whatever that was argument mm -hmm. and of course in the end my feeling is like everybody's right some people tested at 4k only which is a purely gp limited test i like after that feedback from everybody i did like hey look here's 1080p here's 1440 and basically you could see at 1080 some of the cpus would perform better intel frankly even with you know uh Seven, uh, eighth gen would outperform its contemporary of the time from Ryzen. But, you know, I would run 1080p to say, Hey, look, potentially the eight, the 8700K might be faster than Ryzen. But look at this. When I'm running this at 1440p, even with the 1080 Ti, it didn't matter because it was so GPU limited. So that is in a nutshell what he was trying to get at because Clearly, Steve was tired of people biting his butt over why you're running the 1080p stuff. So I think he's right. I think everybody's right. There's, Please try to see these benchmarks you're seeing here. See the benchmarks everywhere. Interpret it. Don't take everything as gospel. You need to you need to protect your own wallet. You need to read everything and then buy the thing that's right for you. All right. So as a buy, as a buying guide, um, this is, you know, for both you know Elena and you, Gordon, that you know how how do they know if like a CPU is holding holding back on their gpu uh well i mean that's hard to say because you would actually have to do testing i think this comes down to you know like if you again like if you had like you were saying earlier willis you were saying 10th gen like should i upgrade my 10th gen so you have a 10th gen if you had a i don't know what you have but say like you had a 
3080. And should you upgrade your, is your 10 series holding back your 3080? In some, it's now it's going to come down to CPU, GPU, memory bandwidth, your, also the things like the game you're playing, the resolution you're playing, the frame rate of your panel that you're playing, right? So that, those are all the different sliders that you're always going to be constantly juggling. I think the, and then again, the problem is like for the average person is like, I can't, how the hell am I going to simulate this? There's no way to simulate it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say generally, if you're, if you only care about gaming, let me just make this rule up. If you only care about gaming, <laughs> you're always going to want to, I've been saying it for a long time. You always want to put your money into the GPU mostly, right? The GPU right. is always going to get you more smiles than a CPU. So if you have your 1080 Ti, say if, if you had your 1080 Ti and your 10th gen and you upgraded to a 13th gen, you're not, it's not going to get you as many smiles as taking your 1080, your 10th gen and pairing it with say a, 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 a 4080. Right. I think if you took a 4080, you would get way more smiles than upgrading the CPU. Even though that 10th gen is not going to perform as well as a Ryzen 7000 or as well as a 13th gen, honestly, for most games, especially at higher resolutions, it's just going to give you overall, because I can't tell you what games you're running. I can't tell you. There's just so many things. Yep. Most games put all the money into the GPU. Now, if you're talking like, I got a, I got a Devil's Canyon 4th gen cpu and i gotta you know and i i have a you know what should i say like what what's a good cpu for a, a devil's canyon part where are you people are running gpu you mean well what do you think people would be running like so like you have a if you have a devil's canyon kb lake again the very high high clock mm-hmm. most of those people would be probably running 10 series or 9 series I mean, let's see. I mean, I still have, I mean, Devil's Can, you're talking about a Haswell chip, right? Yeah. Yeah. Haswell. Yeah. Like, I feel like for most people, the, yeah, they'd probably at most be at 10th or sorry, 10 series. Like, I mean, I feel like what was really common back in the day was that a lot of people grabbed a nine series card. Yeah. So they you, kind of stuck with that. Yeah. So that's the weird thing. So like, you actually have like that, that system, you've been running it now. It's like, I need to upgrade. Who boy. You know, I mean, you're you're you are going to be very obviously GPU <laughs> limited. See, it's like it's one of those things where, yeah, yeah. But so here's the thing too, though. Like, and I think this is like a key, and this is me doing my whole like, but it's only five frames. <laughs> like, it, like that's like that part of me where it's like the other key thing that a lot of people forget to yeah. take into account. So I think they get caught up in like the philosophy, like the numbers game of it, which is. Is your system, even with like a 10th gen paired with a newer graphics card, is it still getting the frame rates that you want? Because if it is in the settings that you want and the games that you want to play, you don't need to make any changes just yet. Like you can keep waiting and that's actually a good game to play, like in a pun sort of way. That's like a good strategy to take because that means the longer you wait to upgrade, the more the more technological advances that you'll be able to take advantage of when you finally put down that cash for a new part. Usually. Right? Usually. Yeah. I mean, if the trend keeps going the way it has been with with these gigantic bars, right. it's getting more gigantic, right? So, I mean, I think that's one key piece of advice that often gets left out of these discussions when we start talking. Because I, I, I'm like this too. Like, I start talking about numbers and I'm like, yeah, like this, 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 this. And then it's like, wait a second. But are you happy with what you've got? 
Yeah. Or like, are the games you playing are like, is it, are they performing exactly as you want? Are you able to crank up all the bells and whistles and still get, you know, over 60, over 120, over 144 frames per second? Like you're, you're kind of good to go, man. Yeah. Like it's, it's not a one size fits all. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Cause I, I would, I, I like, uh, pretty graphics. So it's, it's like, I can just not have all the, you know, uh, FPS and just stick with, you know, cranking up the the graphics really high and just play it at 60 frames, you know, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, yeah. For like 10 gen for you, if you had a 30 series, no, I wouldn't upgrade because that's crazy. I mean, yeah. gen to gen is always, even though there are huge differences between them, but it's usually pretty hard to justify. So, but like, but looking at that example of like devil's Canyon has well with a 980. Whew, I, I don't know. I mean, I might, I mean, you're probably feeling it at this point for sure. You're probably feeling thing. it. I would say if you like, play AAA games and you like to play like new AAA games. Yeah, if you like to play new AAA games, I still think you would get more smiles out of, you know, a 3070, right? 3060 Ti. Like, I think you get like that's a that's a huge upgrade. Yeah, is that is that has is that is that old ass CPU holding it back? Yes, but you can still turn on more oh, features. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think. Yeah. In that scenario, yeah, I think if you're going to not do a completely new build and you're looking just for like incremental upgrades, GPU first if gaming is your top priority. Yeah, but you know, you know, Davina points out like it's a mismatch. Don't put new cards in decrepit systems. I would say yes because I was like, well, do you do you go like for an older used card? But then, you know, with the prices being what they are, thirty series is kind of on its way out. You sort of figure you do the the graphics card thirty sixty Ti or whatever is a decent upgrade. And then you're going to eventually take that devil's Canyon and throw it overboard, you know, give it to somebody else. And I think then you have a more modern card. So I, I kind of like the concept of doing something new, especially if buying used doesn't make sense. So. I mean, in theory, it's nice to say, you know what, this is old. I'm just going to scrap the whole thing. Maybe bring along my power supply. If I have a really good one, that'll still last, you know, X number of years. Uh, Maybe some of my storage, but realistically, a lot of us, can't build that way like i think for for the crowd that's here that we're talking about enthusiasts hardware that like are don't blink double blink when we see some of these prices like maybe that doesn't seem as appealing as an option but i think for a lot of people out there what you're like what we've talked about here what gordon is saying like that's honestly the path that a lot of people end up taking because they're just like you know what i i could spend twelve hundred dollars on a whole new system right now or i could spend Four hundred dollars on your graphics card. Eight hundred dollars still goes to my emergency fund because I'm a little worried about my job security, or I, I the prices of eggs went up. You know, like things like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next question from Antonio Zapat. Sorry, I'm butchering the name. Uh, so, when, in your opinion, uh, are we going to get a decent APU from AMD that we can run AAA sandblock games at stable 1080p 75 hertz monitor? Wait, AAA what games? Sandblock games. Sandblock games. You mean Minecraft? Sandbox? I'm just, I'm sorry. I don't know what that class of games are, but I do think. I I I really wouldn't expect a new APU from AMD this year, but you never you never know because I mean they're they're obviously always evaluating 
what's what they have there, their inventory, what they got coming. So they, you know, they could potentially do it this year. But I just can't see it. I still see APU as mostly a play for, you know, entry level, lower cost systems, and that's really being serviced well. It feels like by um, previous socket, previous parts. So I I don't think it makes sense. But who knows, right? Because as we know, the internet will misunderstand what under shipping means. So that maybe they'll be under pressure to. Uh, <laughs> I I would love to see a very powerful APU hit the market, but I feel like that's never never say never. I I don't see that fitting into AMD's plans for how they want to segment out their production. Yeah, yeah. I just because it, it's such a. You also every- argue the whole like it's also going to potentially eat compete with console even though it doesn't really so it's kind of like you know you kind of there's a lot on the there's a lot happening that sometimes keeps us from seeing our tech dreams realized you know there's i've i've been reading some you know internet rumors which of course you don't know that's like a that's like well, a that's not here easier, but they were saying that <laughs> i guess intel's big play it was actually kind of a story it was um tom peterson was on a in from intel our team by the way Hope lo- we'd love to talk to him again. They he was on some other podcast and he was saying that kind of outlining some of their you know schedule, but a lot, it sounds like a lot of it is is also focusing on APU, like you know basically better graphics in a, in a graphics in the CPU. So that I kind of wonder if if Intel actually you know honestly their their graphics aren't bad, but in AMD's APUs are better. I kind of wonder if, like, it'd be it'd be cool to see Intel and AMD kind of go head to head on like making really good APUs. And I would consider an APU as a CPU intended for lower cost audience that has more performance on the graphics side, right? Because I mean, you classically, would you call 13th Gen or 7000 APUs? I I wouldn't, right? Because I I really think it's like. No, no. Yeah, Those are so just like, standard integrated graphics. The monitors turn on, but although XE is better than that, you know, so I, I do think, and you don't even get that there, but I do think like, I do think like that'd be kind of a really fun, I mean, good, good thing for consumers that get like, man, you get Intel and AMD kind of duking it out. Yeah. I, I think that's honestly where the nudge would have to come from, right? Like having someone else compete with AMD on that. So if Intel could, I mean, they've got all the pieces now, too, in theory, right? So if they could actually come out with something in that space and go like, hey, here you go. Yeah. That could help, like, kind of light a fire on Andy where they're like, ah, I guess we kind of have to respond to that. Yeah, but I, the other thing is just like, do you, it's so cost sensitive. Like, do you do, you know, boy, this would be great, great question to Ian, but do, do we expect 14 Gen to have DDR4 support? Ian, he's in the chatter. Ian, will 14 Gen have DDR4 support? <laughs> I kind of wonder, like, the, the hard thing is, like, if you go DDR5, or they just kind of, when they launch into it, DDR5 is mostly supplanted it and gotten so affordable, it doesn't matter. Because ideally, they would just skip the DDR4 support. Oh, Ian says no. Okay, so I guess that's probably when we'll see AMD uh, APUs. You get... Uh, Ian says, if 14 Gen is LGA 1700, yes. Oh, look, he's giving us hope. I was saying that maybe if new socket, 14 Gen, no. Oh, so we'll see. 
<laughs> I mean, there's there's a there's like a weaning off process for DDR4 anyway, right? So eventually everything's going to move to DDR5. I don't think we can hope for the hybrid world forever. I guess if in, Intel and AMD both did APU parts in DDR5, then they could both like they have cover for themselves. Then people couldn't say like why don't you do a DDR version? I can't afford DDR5. Then they both kind of like, oh, well, that's the future. Mm. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, see, from Tyco, uh, do you have any insight on the Intel motherboard 2.5 gigabyte LAN issues? Uh, does that affect all new Intel boards? You know, I haven't looked into it. I have, I've read a few stories. The, the complaints, I don't know if they're true or not again, um, but there's definitely a lot of smoke there. The complaints are that the Intel 2.5 gig, these are actually Intel branded, you know, um, 2.5 gig Ethernet chips have this bug that they are occasionally disconnecting and it's it's pissing everybody off. Looks like software has not fixed it yet. I don't know what the answer is on that. I don't know how valid the problem is, but again, um, there's definitely a lot of smoke. So there may be some problem. I don't know whether it's easily fixable through software, firmware, or whatever, or mm-hmm. buying a <laughs> PCIe 2.5 gig adding card. I, I don't know what the answer is. Oh, wait. The, you know what? We have AI internet. Uh, Dr. Ian Cutra says, uh, my AI that is in the chat here, the Intel 2.5 gig issue should be solved now. The complaints were at launch should be solved with recent updates. Okay, there we go. There we go. All right. So for audio listeners, I just broke the chat because I picked up my kitty. Uh, I was, I'm very sorry, everybody. I know I've been kind of visually distracting, just like checking on him. He's, he wants his afternoon snack and he's been very disruptive. Do you have the snacks on you so you can give the snacks now? No, I didn't think we were going to go this long. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's been okay. a while since I've no, seen no, 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 no shade. It's just, you know, he doesn't know that sometimes schedules change and he's an old guy now. So he, he wants it things when he wants things. My my dog also, our dog, comes up and looks at me like, where's the food? Where's the food? It's like, I'm not feeding you. Like the afternoon feed, that's one of the kids' responsibility. But he'll like oh, come up to me, start go. pawing, like, go bug somebody else. <laughs> All right. Last one, Gordon. Uh, this is from our friend Liquidar uh, asking, hey, Gordon, you prefer to go karaoke, build a small form factor, or ride in the back of a coop? Out of those three. <laughs> What would you <laughs> karaoke? Build a small form the factor. Control question. <laughs> or back, or sit in the back of my coop. I think, huh? I think sitting in the coop is the, the least of the because I know that only lasts for thirty minutes. <laughs> you know, it's a road trip, Gordon. It's, it's a road trip. We're going. Bad. We're going to L.A. We're going. We're oh going, hell no! We're going then to E three. Like, small form factor <laughs> is going to be the is going to be the 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 one you prefer. Out of the out of the three, yeah, that's yeah. definitely. <laughs> We're wait for the entire parody item, or the, the, I oh, have an entire. Oh. But when I have the entire parody album written, we're gonna do it. So I have I, an idea. Do you know? Um, God, my brain is just not there. <laughs> which, You've which had song? a long weekend. <laughs> it's a long week. I'm still trying to like. Long I was week. like kind of stunned all weekend. Dan, Dan used to work at Future Ghostbusters fan. God, what is wrong Masoka? with me? Dan Masoka? No, no, no. Do no. you used to, uh, used to work on one of the games? Oh, the IT guy. No, no, no. 
Magazine. I don't know then. Magazine Dan. Oh, I, I just he works at Ubi now, but I I really wanted him to sing a a parody of Threadripper when it first came out. <laughs> but the, you, the, it would be set to um, Dreamweaver. So you take the music from Dreamweaver and you work in Threadripper lyrics, and then we're like, that's the first song. The second one is. You know, the Aerosmith song with the don't want to miss a thing without ray tracing. Like, that's like two. How many does it take for an album these days? Like, they drop albums all day now. Like, they'll come out of the bathroom, new album, right? Like, you just came out. used to be like, what the what the hell's wrong with people now? used to be like, oh, yeah, we had to wait like like what years. What the hell's wrong with people? Gordon like, is the only person I know that complains that we have more entertainment in the no, world. No, because it used, it used to be like, yeah, I'm waiting for that new album from the Beatles. I, I never, of course, I didn't because that, that's like before my time. But like you would wait for a new album. It would be like years. They'd have to go to India. They'd have to have some phase, whatever, hookah, whatever. And the next thing you know, bam, new album. Now it's like, oh yeah, new but new album. They came out the new album last week. How is their new album already? Right? Don't you They're notice just that? Talented. AI, AI wrote it. <laughs> yeah. See, like the whole Threadripper thing would be awesome. <laughs> Actually, uh, Doctor Ian Cutcher's Tech Tech Potato uh, wrote a version of Aerosmith about ray tracing and put it in our Discord on the full nerd questions. So <laughs> Did he have AI it write it? I don't know. Let's, let's see. Was this? Yeah. Uh, Couldn't you see that? Just like we, we should sing this when we go to Computex. So just just put the music oh, no. up, right? And then we'll just we'll we'll come up with we'll read the lyrics. We should. Off of We're phone. gonna. We need we need another well, we'll few songs. Yeah. So we got Threadripper. We got the Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Ray Tracing. I, I don't know what else. I think it could work. I think it could work. Uh, Journey. Don't stop believing. We can make. It what would that be though? So like, it'd have to be some kind of. It's got to be. It's got to be something super impressive or meme worthy. That's the thing is like, <laughs> I guess you have to take a song and like maybe 40. So the 40, 80, 12 gig would be another like cringe one. I think that was like everybody <laughs> that caused everybody to freak out. What would or you maybe layer that onto? High, what song would you layer power. that onto though? 12 volt high power. What would be like a good, <laughs> the whole 12, uh, melting cables. Yeah, but what would be the song it would be? Because it's yeah. gotta have a good song. When you think of like I don't want to miss a thing, but ray tracing, that's like it. It totally writes itself. Threadripper and Dreamweaver writes itself. So we need the songs. Oh, he said he wrote it in the uh, chat uh, GPT uh, ah. with with the with the with the phrase uh, write lyrics about AMD Ryzen chips to the tune of Happy by Pharrell. <laughs> but now we would get sued. We would get we would get sued because probably. Somebody like Getty's gonna like, I don't know, you're like No, you gotta pay for the sampling, right? That's oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Music now just samples from everything. Everything is just one big Well, that's how they pot. do their new album. Oh, so you're complaining that's about the sampling. Get, I I mean I I enjoy more entertainment, but I it's kind of like Hollywood recycling the same story over and over again. Like, I like new stuff too. I like yeah. new stuff too. Kel from Frock Northwest checking in. What do we miss? You miss everything. everything. <laughs> We're writing an entire nerd parody album here. We already got two. Oh my gosh. We should do that. We should make it like a tech tuber thing where like each uh like channel like does their own thing and we just put it on like a charity album in Spotify or something. <laughs> so the problem with that, I will I'm bringing up the Maxwell PC podcast. I just want to bring oh, this up. Here we go. We had do you remember the singing podcast? This is Will Smith's idea. He had, it's like, let's do a singing podcast. So he had everybody sing songs for this. I think it was the 100th episode of the Full Nerd Pod. Not the Full Nerd, but the Maximum PC podcast. No BS podcast. Okay. Everybody would sing. 
I said, hell no, I am not singing. <laughs> I am not doing this. I'm not. I refuse to Just do hum it. Hum the harmony in the background. That's what I'm going to do because I can't sing. <laughs> the complaints were epic. Let me tell you, <laughs> if Will Smith, like I mean our Will Smith, not the Will Smith guy. I mean our Will Smith. <laughs> Just, don't smell not going to sing. You don't want to hear Will Smith sing. You don't want to hear Nathan Edwards sing. I do. There was a lot of pushback. Mistakes were made. So we got to the 200th episode of the No BS podcast. We never did it. We never, we just did not do it. He wasn't think, getting jiggy with it. I think the pressure was they wanted like another singing episode or something epic. I'm like, we are not going to do a singing. I'm not going to sing. You don't want to hear singing. <laughs> but yes. All right. All right. All right. We got to go. Elena's got to feed the cats. I know. Yeah. Right. Sorry, everybody. We're being, we're being <laughs> no, no. Thank you for, for getting here. Good. I know you had an epic night. There's hard work. Hey, you know what? This is my last message to everybody. You wanna you wanna just gnaw on Steve Walton's ass from hardware box over something, or get on Jay or Linus or or Steve over Gamers Nexus, or just call that guy Gordon the dumbass he is. Oh, why would you do this? That's fine, but remember, it's hard. Reviewers hard as life. You got to say like first, thank you for doing this test. Let me tell you why you did it all wrong. But at least for say, thank you for your test because it, everybody, when you do launches, you are just, you, you are burnt and it never ends. So look, let me, everybody's opinion is valid, but please say, thank you for running the test. Here's why it's all wrong. That's at least say that first. So that's my, so please that's listen my to the whole thing. Or if you're on the website, read the whole thing. Read the whole yes. thing too. Yes. And of course, read the whole thing and then go and then say, here's my input for the next time you do it. Here's why you should consider this instead of simply going to 11 and shouting. So just remember that, especially after the lunch, because then people ain't got that fuse is like one millimeter long. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. And check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or Stitcher. And if you're on one of those services, please leave a review every time you do. Some YouTuber will pop off at you for complaining about doing their testing after they have survived one week on three hours of sleep. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCworld.com. Somebody might check it one day. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with a lady. Bye, everyone. Splat. And, oh, Splat is gone. Oh. and Willis is going to take us out. All right. We are uh Going to take song song requests. Uh, please put them up on <laughs> on our Discord channel. I want to go the suggestions. We'll we'll try to you know have have Gordon sing his heart out on uh, uh when we get to Computex, or we could go to a karaoke place in in Oakland somewhere. Oh yes, know? if there's enough, <laughs> maybe we'll do it there. And then we'll record it, and people will understand why you don't want to see. You never want to hear people sing karaoke. But if we go to oh. like a Korean barbecue place and have enough soju, like I don't think we'll care at that point. Yes, yes, yes. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right, well, well, we'll wait for those comments then. All right, until then, everyone, have a good day. See you later.